Hey, so, um, <laughs> what? Wait, 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 we're good. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Man, that's good. God used that to wake everyone up. Okay, amen. Okay, so we are going to be in the book of Mark tonight. Uh, book of Mark tonight. Uh, uh, I will get back to the book of Nehemiah, you know, but uh, this week is a bit uh, different, you know. Uh, actually, a, 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 a really dear uh, friend and mentor, uh, Pastor Mark Trotter, you know, passed away. And, and some of us got the opportunity to uh, go to his funeral uh, in uh, Ohio. And uh, it was good. So I, I'm so glad, even with uh, the busyness of life, you know, my family's moving to, to the house. And we got so much to do, but I found myself just weeping, you know, uh, when I heard the news, and so much so that my wife's like, "Hey, I think we just need to go to the funeral," and uh, and I did, and man, it was. Uh, I'm so glad I did, you know. Uh, sometimes you just uh, don't realize the impact that uh, people have in your life, and he's one of those guys uh, that has a significant impact in my life, and I, you know, I haven't even known him for that long but every time he would come for conferences uh, in kansas city or we would go and see him in other places man he would always make time uh for me and my family you know we'll grab coffee or lunch or something you know and it's just uh really special and i i, I heard uh in that uh, funeral that he has a way to do that with everyone <laughs> you know i'm getting a lot of echo here okay so whatever you guys do okay uh, so it's um, man, he has that ability to do that, and you hear that from from many people. So tonight, uh, I'm I'm gonna use a lot of Mark Trotter uh, illustrations or examples, you know. So just uh, bear with me with that. It's still not working. Can we uh, do something about this? I, I'm still hearing echoes. Um, it's not. is muted. It's so muted. It's we're figuring it out. Oh, you're figuring. Okay, I'll just let you figure that out. I'll I'll just keep going until it screams at me. Yeah, so uh, uh, we're going to be looking at a book of Mark, Mark chapter 4. So uh, if you're new to, uh, here today, um, every other week we would have smaller group Bible study, and we're actually going through uh, the book of Mark. So I'm, I'm actually going back a bit to Mark chapter 4. Uh, Mark chapter 4, as I was, you know, we went through this in our Bible study. Man, these, this chapter had a lot of impact. Uh, you know, in my devotion time as I was, you know, preparing or rather sharing in a small group Bible study, man, uh, you know, this, this word keeps coming back to me. So I just want to uh, go back to that place, uh, reminisce a bit and share that because uh, the basic stuff are usually the most important stuff. I, I, I'm doing this uh, preach mic and I, I say, uh, you know, we, you know, you have to learn the fundamentals, right? Mr. Miyagi. Uh, says that you got to learn the fundamentals and if you get the fundamentals that's how you get uh, good at anything and and so in the christian life um we got to remember the fundamentals so i'm going to cover four four main areas using mark chapter 4 verse 21 to 34 i'm going to look at uh essentially four parables uh some some people would categorize it as three parables uh, but essentially covering our purpose our stewardship and our hearing uh, our work, and then our faith, okay? So that, that's what we're going to cover uh, tonight. And so uh, I think we need help. Uh, we have a lot of distraction here. Even I'm still hearing echoes. I hope it's not too much of a distraction uh, to you, but, um, uh, you know, I need help to preach this message. 
So pray for me, okay, as I pray for you. Uh, Father, uh, I thank you so much for tonight. Uh, Lord, you are the God of all creation, and uh, yet you, you love us so much uh, that you gave your only son to die for our sins that, that we, we have committed. Uh, so that we have, we can have a right relationship with you, that we can have eternal life with you. And God, we're so thankful that you're not done there. Uh, you got a whole uh, lifetime for so many of us who have, uh, Lord, have that right relationship to grow into your image. Because, uh, Lord, you want us to be uh, like you, to, to have Christ-likeness in us. And uh, God, this week I'm so touched by uh, this one man that uh, I, I see Christ in him. Uh, Christ emanates from him. And uh, it's so good uh, to see a living example, uh, find a living example through uh, Pastor Mark Trotter. And, and God, I'm so glad even in this church we have many examples here. But, uh, God, when, when there's one special one like, like Mark, uh, Lord, we are especially thankful. God, we want to continue to pray. Uh, for, for his family, uh, Lord, who's uh, I'm sure still grieving, uh, it will take a, quite a bit of time uh, to grieve uh, for, for the, you know, for Shirley's husband, uh, for their kids, their grandkids, and uh, their family, and so on. Uh, God, I, I need you tonight, and uh, Lord, I, I pray that your word will go forth, and uh, Lord, I pray for everyone here. Uh, Lord, that you uh, will soften our hearts, uh, that you will allow your word to go forth, and that it will uh, bear fruit in our life. So, Holy Spirit, would you teach and would you use uh, my, you know, this vessel who's unworthy, but yet, Lord, you say it's worthy. And so, uh, God, I want to take uh, your, your word for it. And, uh, and so, Lord, uh, be magnified. Be glorified and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at uh, the, these, three, uh, you know, these three or, or four parables. Okay, Mark chapter 4. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20, right, is the first parable that, that we see, right, where the multitudes come to Jesus and Jesus uh, explain these parables. And we know parables are stories. Right, stories, stories to, to you know make a point, to make an illustration uh, of a, a doctrinal point. And we know that parables uh, doesn't give all the answers right to the listeners per se. And there was a reason for that. Uh, we, we saw that explanation in several places that there was a prophecy of people that, that their ears wax gross and their heart is hardened. So they don't want to hear God's word and it's prophesied for that. And so God uses parables. To fulfill that prophecy, right? But also we see um, in Matthew 13, verse 16, as Jesus was explaining to his disciples who are able to hear the explanation of the gospel. Check what, what Matthew 13, verse 16 says. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Okay? They are blessed. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. Uh, 
and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Okay, do, do you see that? The, the gravity of that? that? That many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things, those, to understand those parables, and yet the disciples got to see them. And yet for us to be today, we get to see them and understand them. Okay, so I pray God give you understanding tonight because the, the first uh, 20 verse, Jesus fleshed out what that, that, that poor soil and the sower meant, right? And, and if you hear Jesus' explanation, you, you know uh, that the seed is the word of God, right? You know the, that the bird, right, that, that grabbed the seed, the Satan, and so on and so on. So with, with those explanations, man, you can, you can learn right how to evangelize right we're not going to do that tonight in the first um, 20 verse but i want to check out the other pieces the parables that hasn't been explained so the first one is the parable of the lamb okay and i refer this to our purpose our purpose so let's read verse 21 to 23 mark chapter 4 verse 21 to 23 and he said unto them this is jesus is a candle brought to be put under a bushel okay like a vessel if you will or a or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested neither was anything kept secret but that it should come abroad if any man have ears to hear let them hear okay so so we see jesus is starting that that parable with a question you know you know, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or, uh, or under a bed, right? The answer is absolutely no, right? Because it doesn't fit the purpose of what the candlestick is designed to do, right? What is a candlestick designed to do? It's designed to illuminate, to bring light, right? Luke 8.16 says, but set up it on a candlestick that they which enter in may see the light. Okay, in other words, in other words, in, in terms of our application, when someone enter into your life, right? They enter into your life, would you be in position of a candlestick to illuminate to them? That makes sense, right? If someone interact with you, would they see the light of Christ in you? You know, uh, again, you know, Mark Schroeder, without a doubt, right, is a man on a candlestick because he's so full of light. He's so full of life. Jesus Christ emanates from him. And even in his, in, in his last few days, right, even in his death, death staring at him, uh, we've seen this. I mean, we, we got this, you know, Brandon got this text message, many of us got this text message about Acts 20, 24. This is kind of how he kind of lived out even the last days of his life, running hard for Christ, right? Illuminating the word of Christ all over the world, right? Uh, I don't know whether you know, he's been more places than in Malawi, okay? And even in the last last year, like a few months before uh, he passed away, man, he did a marriage conference. And I looked at his face in that marriage conference, like, man, something is not, Man, even then, that guy is like running hard. Why? Acts 20, verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, 
neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That is his purpose, right? That is his purpose, is to be on the candlestick, so that anyone and everyone that comes in contact with him would be able to see the light, right? That light, the gospel light. And uh, man, it, it's, it's so good. You know, I, I see, uh, I don't know how many of you see the montage that other people created of, of his life. I mean, even at a young age, uh, he has started that. He has determined to follow God in that way. And it's just beautiful. And many of you here are young and uh, I just uh, admonish you to, to start young and don't, don't give your leftovers uh, to God. Give your best uh, to God while you are young. Now, now we see a parallel passage, right? Because we have uh, the four gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? And we see this same parable being explained. And we see the, the kind of within the same breath of God talking about this candlelight. He talked about us being as salt as well, okay? In Matthew 5.13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Right? Man, what do you do with that? And, and, and here's what it, it, Jesus said. It is thenceforth good for nothing. It's good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. And then it says, yeah, the light of the world. Right? So, so key point number one. Our good works should provoke others to give glory to God. Otherwise, we are missing our purpose. Otherwise, we're missing our purpose. You know, the, the, the value that, that he says, good for nothing. I mean, remember Paul says that he counts his, his past accomplishment and so forth as what? Dung, right? But we know at least dung has value. Right, you can still use it as a fertilizer. There is still value with dung, but a salt that has no more savor. Jesus said it's good for nothing. It's good for nothing. Right? And so Matthew 5:16 continues, which says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. Right? Notice it is observable, right? That they may see your good work. But that light didn't emanate from you. That light is just a reflection of what God is doing in his life, in our life. Right? This is not about our goodness. We have nothing good. The Bible says there's nothing good, right? In in in, in men, because we have the nature of sin. So our purpose, right? Our purpose. Remember uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10, after uh, verse 8 and 9 that we know so well for we are saved by grace through faith, right? We, we saw that and, and, and absolutely agree 100%. We're saved by grace alone, not by good works, not by good works. But yet the Bible says we are saved 
unto good works. Right? When you are saved, then God's Holy Spirit works in our life. And through, through that power, man, it emanates, right? As we yield to God's word, it emanates in our life. And that's why Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, right? It's, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained before we should walk in them. So our good works should provoke others to give glory to God. Is your life one that provokes others to give glory to God, right? Verse 22 uh, tells us that for there's nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Okay, God wants us to dispense his word, not to be hidden, but that it should go abroad. And it says, if any man have ears, let him hear. Hear that. That this is our purpose. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that is our purpose. Right? To let our light light so shine before men. Verse 24 to, to 25 here. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he had. Now, there's a lot of words there. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, but essentially, he's warning us on how we hear. He's warning us on how we hear. Do you know that we all hear differently? You can be sitting here, and man, you can be completely hearing a different thing, right? Your, your mind could be somewhere else. Uh, the things that I say, you may filter it through kind of preconceived ideas on certain knowledge that you may already have. We hear differently. And so Jesus is warning us how, you know, how do we hear? Right? Luke 18, uh, uh, Luke 8, 18, parallel passage, he says, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. How ye hear. He says, For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, him shall be taken, even that which he seems to, to have. In other words, there is a stewardship on how we hear. It is our responsibility to tune in. It's our responsibility to be prayed up. It's our responsibility to have faith and to look at the Word of God as the Word of God. Okay? Now, the reason why we make the same mistake again and again, the reason why we commit the same sin over and over again, the reason why we behave the same way, the old way, again and again, is we have not steward how we hear. Does that make sense? That we have not steward that. I mean, I know that, but I'm still doing what I know I'm not supposed to do, right? And there is a stewardship on how we ought to hear, right? Because those who have will be given more. Those who have will be given more, right? So key point number two, we need to steward our hearing so that we come to understand the certainty, value, and gravity of what God has clearly told us, okay? We need to steward our hearing so that we come to understand the certainty, 
value and gravity of what God has clearly told us. What, what do you mean by certainty? By certainty, I mean that his word is the final authority in your life, in my life. Right? That it is the word of God. It's not maybe the word of God. Right? But it is the word of God. You know, that was the that was what um, Pastor Jeff Bartel on Sunday during the memorial service said uh, about uh, about Pastor Mark Trotter. He said the singular thing, the singular thing that caused a spark in Pastor Mark's life is when he knew that this is, in fact, the Word of God. That it is the final authority that he will be judged according to the Word of God. Like, as simple as that sounds, many times us believers, they don't take it seriously. Right? I know what the Bible says, but I know what it says, but I still do something. Okay, the value. Okay, the value of God the value of God's word is God, God's word works. God's word works. Like 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 his principles work. Right? He designed uh, marriage and, and there are principles about marriage and his principles work. Right? He designed certain things and, and his principles work. And not only his principles work, but it has eternal value when we open. Right? So it works for us now and it works for us even later. Gravity. Okay, we need to understand the gravity of the word of God because right, it has consequences. Right? Following our ways outside of the word of God has dire consequences. Right? Following our way outside of the Bible has dire consequences. And, and many of us have testimonies or stories of that, including myself, man, whenever I find my own wisdom, right, my own way of doing something else, right, whether it is to pursue riches or lust or anything else, man, it just never ends well. It just never ends well. It has consequences here in this life and it has consequences in life after. Question for you guys. And for me too, right? What have you heard from God? What have you heard from God? Right? For those who say, you know what? I, I, I can honestly tell you, I have not heard anything from the Lord. Okay? Fair enough. Okay? Well, keep coming. Right? Keep hearing. Keep digging. Right? And, and hear intently. Steward that, that listening. Right? Like, like, man, measure every word like that is God's word. Like, you can get hold of it, right? The gravity of it, the certainty of it, and the value of it. Man, you would go for it. You would go for it. That's the parable of um, spiritual growth. And here I refer to our work. The of spiritual growth, I refer to our work, verse 26 to 28. And he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. 
for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn ear. Okay, so he's talking about how the kingdom of God operates in relation to real life and growth. And it's like, man, I don't really understand how all this works, but it works, right? It will grow. It will grow. That new life and growth happens, but we cannot explain exactly how it happens. There is a process. See here, the first thing upon uh, the blade and then the ear, and after that, the food corn in the ear. Now, but what we do know is that there is a responsibility. There is a work to be done by this soldier. Okay, what is that? Verse 26 and verse 29 tells us that two work that we need to do. The two work that we need to do. Verse 26, as if a man should pass seed into the ground. That is the work. Right? The work is for us to cast seed into the ground. What is seed? The word of God, the light of God. Notice that sometimes you cannot avoid so like like sowing seeds on bad soil, right? The, the, remember the four soils in Mark chapter one to twenty that Jesus describes. You know, you don't know whether you are going to be sowing on a good soil or a soil with with a lot of rocks on it or a soil with a lot of thorns on it, right? Uh, you don't know. But, but our job is to cast seeds everywhere where you have opportunity. You see that? That is the work. That is the work. Oh, man, how that person thought this. How do you know? If you met Saul before, I mean, you would say that, man, don't invest in that guy. That guy is like, for sure, right? It's not, that's not good. The one word, like, the guy is like way, way down the path. He won't change, right? Um, some of you may know uh, Larry, uh, Larry's uh, uncle, right, 89 years old, and Larry was sharing a testimony of how uh, that he has been casting seeds to his uncle for 25 years, for 25 years, and you know Larry is, you know, it's no push of the word, I mean, Larry's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, he tells you as it is, right, and he's pretty persistent, and pretty direct, and it's pretty clear, for 25 years, I the guys yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, I shared John chapter 4. And um, uh, the eyes open up. I said, wow, that's so simple. That's so simple. Why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> <laughs> like 25 years of, of sowing into that man's life. Right? And, I, and some of you are already told about my grandmother's life. I got to wait till my grandma to Christ at, at 80 plus years. It's never too late until they, they still have breath, until someone has breath. I witnessed to someone who is already on coma, and, and yet in her dreams, she met Jesus uh, and told her uh, unsaved son that it wasn't Buddha. I said, Is that Buddha? No, no, no. It, he's not fat. This is it's not Buddha. It's, uh, it's someone else. It's Jesus. <laughs> okay, you see, I mean, God can answer. Prayers. Our job, though, is to sow, is to cast the seed, right? And now the second thing here we see in verse 29, but when the fruit is brought forth immediately, it put it in the sickle. This is the other thing that we have to do. We have to harvest. 
we have to harvest. Oh, so sorry, I skipped key point number three. Uh, so uh, key point number three, our responsibility is to keep sowing even when we do not see immediate fruit. Okay, that's the key point number three. And so key, key thing here is our responsibility is not conversion. We don't we don't convert anyone. That's God's job, right? Success is is sowing. Success is obedience, and obedience is sowing. Uh, the, the fruit, and I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I'm just very encouraged by many of you uh, who continues to do that, who continue to sow in people's life. I can't even keep up with all the, the the names, and so what I do is I just like every time I say prayer request, I just pray there and then, <laughs> pray there and then, uh, and uh, so 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 let let us not be weary of well doing, right? Let us not be weary of well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint. Not right, Galatians again. Uh, so, so the second part here uh, is about harvesting, harvesting, right? That we have to put that harvesting. What does that mean? Keep going number four. Our responsibility is to check in with a person to see if they are ready to move, move forward, right? Our, our responsibility, our work is to check in. Right? Maybe maybe you planted and someone water and then you, you put some fertilizer and you water someone and so on, but then you gotta check in with that fruit. Is there any fruit? Like is there any fruit for repentance? Right? That's what John was talking about to the Pharisees about. Was there fruit for repentance? Has the land has the form been softened? Right? And and so it is our job, right? It's our job to check in with that person, maybe do a text message, maybe a phone call, right? Uh, maybe a Facebook thing that you do. But man, it is our responsibility, our work, right? To check in with a person to see, man, where are they at? Where are they at? And I know that's, you know, not the easiest thing sometimes to do. So I already tried. I already tried a couple of times. But you know what? Keep trying. Keep trying. Right, and sometimes it is, it's easy because you just do a maps, right? You, you know, Doug, Doug, um, uh, what's his last name? Doug Pearson. Doug Pearson, he's really good with that. Like, he's really good. Like, he shows me this list, right? He's still old school, right? Still painter, uh, and all that. But he showed me this list that he has of people that he invested in, talked to, and streets, and everything. And has all the names, all the email, all the contacts, and so on and so on. And what you do is you get some fast email, like mass email, but personalized, right? Like, and then like, oh man, this is like, oh, sign from God. <laughs> like he does that, he does that so well to kind of, kind of keep in touch. Hey, this is something happening. And God reached out to do it. Sometimes you hear people, man, they're not so good. And they wanted to move forward in their faith. And I know one guy, you know, after a year, of of God sharing with him, other people share with him, and then after a year, he he gave his life to Christ. Right, and so many touches, many touches. He, he has been saved right, with Muslim people. Even uh, hard to reach people. Uh, they say um, seeing them safe is easy. They just need many touches. Uh, there was even a number for fifty or so. You know, essentially people engaging with them, following up with them. It's not like a one-time deal, right? Oh, man, yeah. share with you, it's done. No, right? But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately you put it in the same. And we must be harvested. 
ready to have us ready to share the gospel. And maybe it's even uh, um, a believer who has moved, you know, uh, away from the Lord, right? Maybe that's repentance. That well, you, you gotta check if there's fruit there. Man, let's encourage that brother or that sister to come back to the Lord. Right? That applies uh, to believers as well. So, so key point number four: our responsibility is to check in with a person to see if they're ready to move forward in faith. To see if they're ready to move forward in faith. Okay, so let's move to the, the last one here. Uh, parable of the mustard seed. Parable of the mustard seed. So this is verse 30 to 31. Let's start there. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may wash under the shadow of it. Okay, so Jesus here is talking about what would we compare to the economy of the kingdom of God? How would the kingdom of God works? Okay, so some people would see this parable as an explanation as, you know, Jesus' ministry on earth and how he started, right? And then this exponential growth from, from Jesus, and that, that is great, okay? And so so now he used the mustard seed as the comparison to the kingdom of God. Why? Because the mustard seed, according to Jesus, is a seed that is small, right? It's less than all the seeds that be in the earth, okay? So, so comparing scripture to scripture, we see um, in Luke 17, 15, uh, and the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he might say unto this sacrament tree, without blood or by the root, without planted in the seed, and it should obey you. Okay, 17.20. Uh, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be possible unto you. So faith, right, is almost analogous to the kingdom of God. Right? It's analogous to the kingdom of God. It's, it's less than all the seed, right? Referring to how it's small and insignificant, right? And, and I also see Jesus himself, right, coming to this earth small, right? Like he didn't come here with a jet plane or anything like that. Like he was born in a manger, right, where animals are born. Like he has no place to put his head to rest, right? And in uh, Philippians 2, 2 6 says that, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and is made in the likeness of man, found fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Right? So we see two pictures here. One, you know, Jesus came small, right? He came small himself. But two, 
is that faith, faith was significant to of the mustard seed, right? Faith of the mustard seed is significant to this exponential growth that's referred to here. in Hebrews 11 says that without faith it is impossible to please him God. He that come up to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, we're coming full circle now. Back to the word of God. Right? That diligently seek him. What does that mean? That means that we have to conspire the word of God. Right? Again, one of the, you know, the, uh, Brandon, Brandon was uh, doing this, uh, this uh, article, right, about the attack of Mount Trouble. It was so well written. I like how he used the attitude of, of ferocious. Right? Not only he was ferocious in preaching, but he was ferocious in consuming the word of God. Or consuming the word of God. And what does that do to that person when they do that? says that faith comes through hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so faith increased. Faith increased as a result. Right? For Pastor Mark's faith was that he believed that we all are going to give an account. Right? That he has faith that the judgment seat of Christ is real. It's a real thing. Right? And he, he, he even did that sermon to dramatize, right? The judgment seat of Christ. If you haven't seen that, uh, man, I highly, highly recommend. Talk to someone in this room, I'm sure. How, how many have seen that? that okay, so anyone that raised their hand, man, just like, hey, send me that link, right? He, he dramatized, right, himself, if you will, a, a fictional character. You know, getting rapture and then he has to go through the judgment seat of Christ. And it was so real, right? You can like like be with him in that in that journey and so he snapped, right? You're like, oh man, I still have a shot at this. I still have a chance. I still have a chance. You know, so Mark, Pastor Mark lived his life faith, right? Faith, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? I like how Matthew Henry put uh, how he, he talked about faith. It says it is a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all that he has promised to us in Christ. And this persuasion is so strong that it gives the soul a kind of possession to present fruition. Of those things, giving them a substance in the soul, right? It is so real. It is so real. And so, what happens is, if your faith in the Word of God is so real, right? Then, then the decisions that you make in your life, right, will filter through that faith. Does that make sense? It will filter through that belief, right? What am I going to do with my spare time? What am I going to do with my uh, career, right, and so on? You know, uh, and, you know, Andrew Best here, right, uh, have a business degree, has done well for himself, but full scholarship uh, and so on. Went into the business uh, world and, and realized that man, it sucks. 
all the time in his life. And he's like, man, I don't want to, like, again, nothing wrong with working in the corporate world or anything like that. But it's just that for him, right, he realized, man, I, I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. Man, I want to switch to something, get a bit less money or maybe a lot of less money or something like that, right? But, man, I'm going for the eternal treasures. And I'm telling you, uh, he is so much more happy, you know, I mean, here, I mean, this life, and then life eternal, that hasn't count yet, right? And so faith, faith changes your decisions, right? Faith changes, you know, how you perceive life and everything else. And so, so man, we got to have faith, right? And, and the thing that God says, it's not that you have a lot of faith even, like, you know, Sam would like to say, you know, full of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Come full of faith. And sometimes you're like, I don't know what I'm coming full of faith. <laughs> right? uh, but, but Jesus said, man, if you just have a faith of a mustard seed, that's it. Right? Not giant faith, but just a little faith. And I can do great things with you. That we can move mountains. Right? Just a little faith. You know, in uh, you know, even uh, you know, Mark's son Justin, you know, he gave a eulogy to his dad, did it again so well. But he said that, you know, in the living room they talked and you know about the cancer, you know, that, that he has and is progressing. And Mark was saying, "Man, I'm trusting God for full healing, right? Full healing." Uh, but you know, but if not, may God get all the glory. May God get all the glory. And, and, and that man lived a life full of faith. And that, that, I would say, full of faith, even at near to death, right? He is, he is thinking in the way of faith, realizing that it must, God must get the glory, even in stewarding death. You know, that's why we have the Acts 2024, right? Uh, Acts 2024, that he doesn't count his life dear unto himself because he knows God is going to give him a new life, new body, and so on. That's faith, you know, right? That is faith. Okay, so key point number five, the, the secret sauce, right? I say the secret sauce is putting our entire faith, right, in the crucified life. Right? The secret sauce is putting our entire faith in the crucified life. And by crucified life, I mean the gospel. And by gospel, I mean that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. See, that is what saved an individual. Right? And, and that is what's needed for us to live a life that is crucified. Meaning, man, I'm no longer mine anymore. I don't belong to me anymore, right? If you're a believer today, you know you have two natures, right? The flesh nature and then the spiritual nature. And the flesh nature still wants to be in charge. Still wants to do what he or she wants to do, right? And goes toe-to-toe with the Spirit of God. But someone who is determined, right, to live a life of faith, right, live a crucified life and say, hey, you know what, I don't belong to. If I die, 
right in in my in, in, in you know to my flesh man god can have all the glory john 12 or says verily verily i say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit right isn't it interesting that the paradox of man we work so hard to try to get what we try to get but yet the way the, the Bible says is the way you do it is to die. Because you can't outperform God. Right? God has big capacities. Big capacities to be gentle. Right? Big ca capacity of grace. Big capacity of love. Big capacity of patience, which we all like, <laughs> like our tank is really low. Right? On these kind of things, right? we just don't have enough of it. But when you die, like, okay, then God can increase that thing. Let's, let's uh, go to our last part. Mark 4.33. Mark 4.33. And with many such parables, spake he the word unto them, as they were able to bear it, uh, able to hear it. Uh, but without a parable, spake he not unto them. They were alone. He expounded all things to his disciples. Right? And so this is a similar point to the point that I made about consuming the word of God. And I would say that the, the, you know, this is more a question than a key point. So this is key question number six, right? Is when are we going to have a large appetite to consume the word of God so that we become more like the God of the word. Right? And here we see in a parable is that man, even in listening to parables, that there was a limited capacity. There was a limited capacity. How's again, right? Full circle. How do you steward the hearing? How is your capacity? Man, I'm telling you. We have to steward that so well because we live in, a, in an environment, in a life full of entertainment. And it's competing, right, with what God wants to tell us, right? Entertainment itself, nothing wrong. A lot of things, there's nothing wrong with it if, you, if it's done in moderation. We know that. But unfortunately, man, the flesh always gives in, right? And then our appetite becomes like less and less, right? You know, do you identify with that, right? That's that's the problem, really, with the quiet time. It has really very little thing to do with not sleeping enough. <laughs> oh, I couldn't wake up, or oh, I couldn't, right? Because last night, man, my appetite was for that movie, was for that Netflix, was for something else other than God. You see, it has to do with the appetite. Like, how much can you, oh, man. We got plenty of you, yeah, but you know, I'm gonna hear, hear everything anyway. So that the appetite is not there, right? The appetite is not there, and so I want to how, how, man, how do we come back to a place where our appetites become right, right? Because we, we already know that there's a certainty of the word of God. There is value to the word of God, right? And then there is gravity or consequences to the word of God. 
So I want to leave you with a, a passage uh, from Revelation. Okay, and I'm going to read that to you, and, and then we'll pray, right? And I pray that this uh, passage will just challenge you because it's it's written to us, right? It's written to the Laodicean church, which is us. We are the Laodicean church, right? We are the lukewarm people. Uh, we are the people with rights. That's what Laodicean. I have rights, right? And we like that. Unfortunately, many of the rights right now in the U.S. is being taken away. Um, but, but listen to, to what Jesus said, okay? Mm -hmm. And unto the angel of the church of the Lord is here, right? These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Right? God is disgusted. Right? Knowing, man, how much he has given us his own life and everything pertaining to your world to become, right? Everything that God intends for you to have and be, right? To reign and rule with him, and we want that. We want that. I'm safe. I want to it out, but how can you not see it? Like, how can you have eyes and not see it? How can you have ears but not hear it? And you say, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and know not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. Right? There is a nakedness at the judgment seat of Christ. In other words, they, man, there are garments given. Like, that's what Pastor Mark talking about these uh, different stones that represent different things right crowns and so on all these accessories that that you get to wear and then you get to see your mates right your friends and like oh my goodness whoa look at that man lot, lots of gold there lots of silver there man a person uh, you know prayed a lot and man yes and then but then you're like oh you know it's kind of empty Make it like that. Like when you don't put the wash in the make it <laughs> that the idea like oh dear, right? That's that's not much to give glory to the God that we don't hear in heaven, right? And so, so, so this is the counsel, right? The counsel he says in verse eighteen, I counsel thee to buy of me gold. See. God wants you to be rich, right? Not in, in, in the physical richness, but in the eternal things. Try in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. There is going to be shame, right? In the judgment seat of Christ because you realize that, man, we missed out. We didn't take the word of God seriously. We didn't have faith and stewardship to steward how we hear the word of God. And anoint thy eyes with Isaac that thou mayest see it. Okay? And, and, and this is done in love, okay? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And this is the response that we should have. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Right? And repent is simply to turn away. Like, man, 
yeah you're right man that's how that's how my thinking is that's how you know deep inside man i i really trust myself more than i trust god right i trust my own abilities more than i trust god i trust my bank account more than i trust god and and, and so on whatever that is for you and here's the cool cool thing this is the invitation behold i stand at the door oh man right i stand at the door uh and knock right god is knocking like man daily he's praying he's knocking if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and we'll sup with him we'll fellowship with him and he with me right this is available guys right gals to to all of us to all of us that Man, the God of all creation is ready to fellowship with you. He wants to expound everything to you. I mean, oh my goodness, can you imagine that? Like, 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 again, I don't know who you admire, you know, even in this world, you know, if, if it's someone very popular or rich or someone else, you know, whoever that is, to your president or a very accomplished businessman and so forth, if they want to have, uh, coffee with you and they want to unload everything they have to you how special would that be right and yet this is what this is what jesus says i want to have that with you i want to expound uh, my, my my words to you and then i want to fellowship with you okay and then here's the the, the result to him that overcomes okay overcomes this lukewarmness like, will come with this lack of faith, right? Will I grant to sit with me in my door? Even as I also overcome and, and sat down with my father in his door. See, this is, this is what's at stake. To rule and reign with Jesus Christ, who owns everything and beyond. I mean, just, just, just think about that for a second. That is Mark Trotter's life. He saw that reality very clearly. And, and so he, his life is aligned, it's reconfigured and configured some more so that he can maximize God's glory, right? Because he sees, he sees the value in it. He sees the certainty in it and he sees the gravity of it. And so it is his famous quote. I think we're going to make a t-shirt whenever, wherever. However, I think we're gonna make a t-shirt with that. That's in the works, right? Man, what a what a great way to to summarize uh, what a disciple should be, right? To count to count the cost and say yes, God. You know. And so, same thing as we hear in in the parables. This is the the word. He says, "He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches." Okay. So this is to me and to you. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, uh, we thank you so much for your word, for this parable that that is so simple and yet so profound and yet so powerful because it is true. It is true. It is true. And God, we just, we just ask, Lord, that uh, you would help us, uh, Lord, to be a light in this world. Help us to repent from our ways as we heard 
from uh, that passage in Revelation. Uh, Lord, to no longer be lukewarm, to be undecided, if you will, to be unclear, to be hazy, to come out of that and say, God, I want to I wanna open that door to you. And I want to invite you in to sup with me, to fellowship with me, so that I can see clearly what is at stake in my life. I don't want to come to the judgment seat of Christ naked and without much to, to show for because I didn't listen. I didn't steward how I listened to your word. And Father, I pray uh, for those who don't know you tonight, uh, Lord, in that same gravity that they uh, would repent and that they would know that uh, one day they have to give an account not for what they have done in terms of their good works in terms of being alive but in terms of their sin and uh, God uh, we, we pray for your mercy uh, Lord that no one here would, uh, would have to face that judgment and so God I pray anyone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, uh, that tonight will be uh, the day of salvation, that they will come to you and just repent and say, I have sinned before you, God, and that I want to accept uh, the, the free gift, uh, the grace that God has given to all that believe in the gospel. So God, uh, dismiss us with your blessing. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.